Your guys were... Get to the right of the abyssum! Kia ora now, my hockey, my key tea, Rugby Connection presents the final whistle, Kota Matau Manahiri Kota Tama Tini Pai a Waikato, two-time Commonwealth gold medalist, two-time Super Rugby champion and 2015 Rugby World Cup winner. To top it all off, he could punch your lights out in a boxing ring. It's Liam Messam. Liam, thank you so much for coming on. How are you getting on? No worries, mate. What an introduction. How oh, good. Please tell me you understood the first bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understood, bro, I understood. That's fine, because the last time I did it, it last time I did it, it didn't work, so. <laughs> nah, nah, that was perfect, bro. Yes, finally got it. Now, what we usually do, we ask, our, the first question is, what got you into rugby? But because you're from New Zealand, it's kind of born into it. So when did you know rugby could be a career? Um. Oh, I actually wasn't. Um, born into me because I played uh, football um, starting off and played it till about 12 years old and then uh, I was with my mates one day to rugby training coming up from home and yeah, never, never looked back ever since so I was a bit of a what would you call it a late bloomer here in New Zealand to um, to play rugby um, football was my first first sort of um, sport that I played um, and then yeah, it wasn't until about 15 15 or 16 years old it was actually my mother, my mum said that uh, I won some award over in Australia um, for play of the tournament or whatnot. And I came home and mum was like, oh, you're pretty good at this game. You can uh, you can turn it into a career. And she knows nothing about rugby. So um, yeah, that's where I sort of thought, you know, I could take it seriously and, and got stuck into it. Fair enough. What position were you in football? Just Oh, I was a goalie. <laughs> oh, nice. Fair enough. I wasn't a bad goalie. I stopped, I stopped a few goals. Um but yeah, I just yeah, my own my old man's from uh, from Bristol, um, up there in England. So um, all our all our kids played um all my brothers and well, not my sisters, but most of my brothers played football growing up. So um yeah, just my mates picked me up one day and I was a bit bigger than everyone else, you know, playing football. So it's good to, to get around and smash Yeah, them. you picked, you made the right decision anyway, because rugby is so much better than football. So well, football plays way more, so if you could get Football's wedges with rugby sport. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, hundred, hundred. <laughs> Was it hard to transition from being a sevens player to, to a fifteens player? Uh back then, yep, hundred percent. The game was a lot different to what it is now. Um if I was trying to trans transition into fifteens as the game is now, I think it'd be a lot easier. The game's a lot more open. Um it's acceptable for forwards to run around in the back line or out on the wide channels. Uh, when I first started, um, you know, I used to get a, a lot of comments about how I used to stand in the back line or stay out on the wide channels to try and run with the ball. Um, so it was hard to try and change people's uh, perception, I guess, of, of the way I try to play rugby. Um, and I worked hard to, to sort of, especially get my body right. Um, I would fluctuate from about 100, 101 kgs playing sevens and I had to get to about 108, 110 playing 15. So, um yeah, it was tough to try and uh, convince people, but I just loved the, the game of sevens. I um, mean, it was hard for me to like, you know, just focus in on, on 15s when I really had one, you know, in a half a league in, in the in the sevens camp. I was just going to ask, what actually led you to going 
like leaning more towards 15s than sticking at 7s? Um, I'll probably Gordon Titchens and Eric Rush, their, their big uh, philosophy or their big thing was like um, trying to get players into the All Blacks, um, even though it was awesome to have them in the 7s. Um, Seven scene in, in the circuit, um, they were always trying to push and promote for players to, to for higher honours, and obviously that's 15 Super Rugby then into the All Blacks. So um, I remember Eric Rush uh, sending me out of the New Zealand Sevens camp to go play New Zealand under-21s, I think it was. I don't want to go play. I wanted to continue on in the World Series. Um, and pretty much got volunteered to uh, to go and play uh, under-21s uh, under World Cup um, back in 15. So, uh, yeah, in that environment they're always trying to push for for higher honours that's I don't know if I agree with the push part I don't know I feel like it should be up to the player yeah yeah oh well I guess because the sevens is a, a lot different uh to now to what it was back then you know they've got specialist sevens players and it's a specialist mm-hmm. role um back then we had guys chopping and changing um playing 15s um going to the big sevens competitions, going back and forth. So uh, I'm not sure when they changed the, the ruling about just having specialist sevens players. Um, but yeah, sort of back then, it was everyone sort of used the sevens as a stepping stone. Um, and for me, it was to develop my game, um, develop my running, and my defence and my leadership. So um, I've got a lot to pay for the sevens. Um, they sort of... Oh, they have, you know, they paved the way for for me to, for my career where I've had, and they gave me a really strong foundation and um and work ethic and, and what hard work looked like and where it could get you. Uh, so yeah, I've got a lot to pay um for the sevens for the sevens team. I love that. I mean, yeah, you mentioned the work ethic there. Your work rate was phenomenal. It's, at that time, it was you were one of the first players I proper noticed. Like he's everywhere. Did somebody stop him, please. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's again. That just comes down to the um, the the sevens foundations that I had. I, I was lucky enough when I was sixteen years old to to be invited to um you know, my first New Zealand sevens camp, um, and that was a real eye opener to me. Um, it was a shock to the body, to the system. I was just a, a chubby kid. Uh, I used to love my pies and and cokes and, and fish and chips, and uh, didn't work hard, didn't train hard, didn't know what training hard looked like. Or you know, I just turn up on Saturday and just play rugby with my mates and then yeah, it wasn't until I went to that camp and realised um, and Titch actually sat me down because um, I was terrible I came last and pretty much the fitness um, levels and, and testing and whatnot and he pretty much sat me down and said if, if I was fit enough I would have been in that team for that year and I was just a 16 year old kid and I was like what? So that sort of sparked a, a fire inside me and I just uh, went hard just trained hard from, from that day on um, worked really hard um, yeah I, I sort of um, I try and pride myself on, on my work ethic and, and how hard I work and, and still to this day, even uh, at this tender age of 38, I still try and outwork the boys in the gym or on, on the field. Uh, a bit of a competition uh, just keep me on my toes. I mean, 38, you're like, age like a fine wine, Liam. See how? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, a, lot, a lot of people say that. I, I like to call it as the uh, um, Kubota, Kubota, what's it? The, uh, yeah, Kubota um, diesel engine, the old tractor. Yeah, or, just or John Deere, as some people have. That's John Deere's a bit flash. So the, the Kubota, I think, the, yeah, the Kubota, uh, Kubota um, lawn mowing diesel <laughs> engine. That's what I like to call myself. Just just keeps going. Yeah, it just keeps going. Doesn't go very oh, fast, but just keeps going. But doesn't matter about the speed, it's a matter about it doesn't go. That's all. <laughs> um, I did read, and now I hope this was true, 
do you have Scottish heritage? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do actually. I actually, I don't know where um, in Scotland I'm from, or is it a clan? Clan. There would have been there. There would have been clans. Yeah. Yeah, call me a clan. Clan. So, uh, my um, birth mother, she was Scottish. Well, it's Scottish okay. heritage. So, I just tell everyone I'm, I'm part of William Wallace's family. Yeah, we we do that when we're on holiday as well. <laughs> you, you do get we get asked that a lot. Like, I think my dad actually told the shop owner that. Oh yeah, William Wallace was my dad, and like, really? No, he's like five hundred years older. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. But it's amazing how many people actually believe that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the reason I asked is because I'm actually going to flip it now. I obviously I'm Scottish, but I have Maori heritage. So yeah, maybe we're related. Oh, nice. Maybe who knows? Maybe. Eh? <laughs> A small world. It is a small world. It's smaller than you think. Speaking of that, just because you've worded it perfectly, one of our former guests, I'm not going to say who, you have to guess in a minute, knows you very, very well. And then I asked you to take your teeth out or take your tooth out. It's actually, um, I've got to fix it. It doesn't, uh, doesn't happen anymore. Uh, I'm guessing well, it's probably Jerome or someone stupid it's like not, that. It's not Jerome Kane, I know. Nah. I'll give you one more guess and I'll tell you who it is. Matter? No. Oh, but what a dream that would have been. No, it was uh, it was uh, Richard Cahoe. Oh. <laughs> the pretty boy. I did that. I was like, look, you know William. Is there anything you want to mention? He was like, yeah, get him to t- get his tooth out. I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, okay, we'll see how that goes, but it's fixed. But it's all sorted. Right? Yeah, it's fixed now. It's all fixed now. It's all sorted. So I figured there was a. I'm guessing you just lost it during a game or something. Yeah, it was actually, I was 15 years old trialing for the New Zealand uh, under 16s team. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a bit of a line break. I say I beat about eight people, step here, left the foot there. Done this, uh, went to go beat the defender. I think it might have been a two on one drawing pass, but I was a bit greedy back in high school. Yeah. Dummy and uh, just straight head on head collision with the um, with the fullback. And uh, my tooth actually didn't fall out, it actually just bent right back into into my uh, back of my gum. And then went to the dentist. Um, the dentist said, Oh, we can fix it, but you won't better play um, against Australia that following week. And me being 15, playing my first time for the New Zealand team, I was like, Nah, rip it out, we go. So I ripped it out. And, <laughs> Yeah. If I look back now, I wish I just got a fix. Fair enough. We've got a question from one of our co-hosts, Har. Now, he said it would be a straight swap. You hand in your 2015 World Cup medal and you become the undisputed boxing heavyweight champion. Would you Would you do it? <laughs> yeah, I would, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would I would I would I would be the unit yeah yeah I would I'm gonna stick with the I'll, I'll never ever I would never ever ever get to that um stage but to be called like like imagine being Tyson through like he's the man I was gonna say that you, you could fight Tyson you could either fight for it or you could just get given the belts and then that is your champion I don't know just give me the belts <laughs> I'm not gonna be fighting for it <laughs> fair, I won't be enough. fighting for it 
Um, I was just about to ask, if there's one player that you would love to step in the ring with, who would it be and why? Oh, there's too many. There's too many. Like, <laughs> trippy little nine, little halfback. They always used to get on my uh, on my nerve. And I, I wish I could do something about it, but you couldn't. Um, yeah. Go for it. Give us names. I'm trying, I'm trying to give you a name, but... Um, like, I, the Springboks are always the, the way you sort of test yourself physically. Yeah. But there were such nice blokes off the field, you'd be just like, ah, damn it. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. I've just had, I've, I've played against so many players. Oh, actually, um, my good friend, Stephen Donald. Beaver. I'd love to get in the ring with Stephen Donald. Yeah, with Beaver. Fair enough. Just Why to slap called... him around. Fair enough. Why is he yeah. called Beaver? I've always wondered this. Should I actually... Um... It's got something to do with when I was a kid. All right. I actually, don't, I actually don't know. This is a great question. I'm going to ask him uh, when I see him next. I actually don't know why he's called Beaver. Just something as a, as a kid. We used to call him um, Rex as well, T-Rex, Beaver. Um, yeah, no, something I'll ask him. It's a good question. I'll get him on the show just to purely ask why is he called Beaver. No other question you could ask to Stephen Donald for that one. Just why you call Beaver? <laughs> um, what's your nicknames, if you have any? Oh, my one's uh, Hunger. Uh, so, or oh, it used to be Hungry, and then it's got broken down to Hunger. So H U N G A. Um, and the story behind that is that um, yeah, I used to be like really, really strict on my eating. Okay. Um, like I was just okay. I was. Some would call it a little bit crazy. Um, probably was crazy the way I. Um, looked after myself nutrition wise. Um, like I'll eat like boiled chicken and broccoli. Um, just like boring, basic, like yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, anyway, when I came up here to work out on my first year, the uh, they always used to take me out for dinner or lunch, knowing that I would, you know, wouldn't eat that kind of food. So I used to sit there, it's like be just hungry the whole whole time we're out dinner for lunch. Um, and then yeah, that's sort of how the name came and it stuck and it's stuck ever since. That's a very unique nickname and an even more yeah, yeah, yeah. for it. And I love it. And it, but that's what I love about rugby because nicknames, none of them make any sense in rugby. Nah, nah. Even when you get the story, I'm like, I mean, there's tons of nicknames you could have waited for, but okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, we were talking about this the other day, actually, about nicknames and how they stick and how good they are. What, what's the favourite nicknames, the ones that stick out for you then? Um, the ones that stick out for me, we have one at the moment, and now Wakato team is named uh, Patrick. Actually, they know his last name, so I've always called him by his nickname. But his nickname's John Wick. He's a uh, he's a loose forward. Um, okay. He's just a local club player that comes and fills in for us. Um, he's got <laughs> long ginger hair. Um, doesn't look like a footy player, but man, he is a killer. Like he's, I think he's hopefully played his way into a Super Rugby team just from from coming from club rugby, but. Yeah, we just called him John Wick and it's stuck ever since and he just keeps going and killing people with pencils. Fair enough. Fair enough. Killing people with pencils. Obviously, you've just mentioned the Waikato team and the NPC. We don't really have a tournament or competition like that over here. Could you explain to the UK viewers just how important the NPC actually is? Yeah, our NPC is awesome. Um, I love playing it because it's uh, it's not as structured as Super Rugby or or international rugby. Um, Super Rugby seems to be very structured and it's very 
all the five teams sort of play the similar style, but with NPC, you get a lot of younger players. Um, they get an opportunity to play. Um, and most teams just play straight out of enjoyment and out of, you know, throwing the ball around and chancing their arm a bit. Um, and they're not scared to make mistakes. And um, this year's NPC has been really, really exciting to watch. Um, even for myself, I'm, I'm not a big fan of watching footy, but I've watched a lot of NPC just because of the pure entertainment that um, that's been thrown around and, and the way the teams that are playing. Um, it's probably a more attacking focus than defensive focus, um, the NPC. Um, and it's, it plays a big part in New Zealand rugby because it's uh, how old Super Rugby, 21 years old now, where uh, NPC, like we had our 100th year last year for Waikato, so uh, it's a very traditional thing in New Zealand. Um, there's a lot more tribal um, supporters um, uh, and fan base uh, with NPC because you could you could support um, Waikato, but you could be a Hurricanes fan. Um, but you know it's just one of those those things that's always been in, in New Zealand, and it's a very I guess uh, more deep rooted than the uh, uh, Super Rugby. That's yeah, that's fair. I think Harv who asked the question earlier, was um, he wants the NPC to almost take over from Super Rugby. So you've got a bigger player pool then for All Black Selection. Um, I can't remember the exact way he described it, but it was basically NPC instead of Super Rugby, got a bigger player pool, you've got more games, and then at the end of the NPC season, you can go, right, the best from this lot will fit into the Super Rugby franchise teams mm-hmm. and do that. Yeah, well, that's uh, that way. When I first started, that's how it happened. So you'd play NPC um, mm-hmm. and then they'll have, a, I think they'll pick a, a Chiefs team, maybe 26 players, and then the rest go into a draft. Um, so you're playing for a spot every every year, you're playing for a Super Rugby spot. But we're now guys sign three, four-year contracts with a, with a Super Rugby team. And that's just the way that professional footy's gone um, in sports. So... Um, you know, we, New Zealand had opportunity um, when COVID hit to to trial the um, stacked NPC by putting all the All Blacks into the NPC and then seeing how that went. Um, and unfortunately, they went with the, I guess, they wanted to have a super rugby model, which is all good. Um, but this, yeah, NPC and, and club rugby is, is the grassroots of, of New Zealand rugby and it's what makes the All Blacks strong, what makes New Zealand strong. So, um, you know, it's always going to play a massive, massive role with, uh, with the New Zealand. I love that, and I love how passionate you are about the NPC as well. It gives me a nice warm feeling inside. When, people, when we have guests that are passionate about rugby, it makes my job a lot easier because I'm passionate yeah, yeah, yeah. about it as well, so it, it makes it so much easier. Um, we have got another question from a co-host from Cam this time. He's asked, what's harder to train for? Is rugby harder or is boxing harder to train for? Ooh, uh, tough question because it's, it's totally different sports. Mm. Um, I can't any really fully dived into boxing for the last couple of years. And so I'm just learning. I'm just a, a beginner. I'm just a sponge taking it all in. Um, but I'm yeah, working my ass off to uh, to stay fit because the last place you want to be in a ring is unfit um, against an opponent that's yeah coming to take your head off. So um, most of my boxing sessions are pretty grueling and, and tough. And I guess with boxing, you're sort of training to peak for a fight, maybe eight or six weeks away. But with rugby, you've got to sort of stay at a level uh, the whole time, you know, you can go up or you can come down, but you can't go too high, you can't come too low, you're sort of going to stay stay with it. But I will say boxing has definitely helped uh, with with my rugby this year, especially. Um, our first game, actually, we went to uh, sudden death, we went to extra time and ended up 
bloody playing 90 minutes in my first game back in the year. Um, and I just put that back down to um, put that down to my, my boxing training and working on that Kubota diesel engine that I talked about. Um, so yeah, it's just it's too hard to because two different total sports yeah. and one goes for the whole year and one goes for eight ten weeks. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. We've got another training question actually. There's been a lot of questions coming in about because your work ethic. So everyone knows how hard you work. Ailey has asked, what is the hardest game you had to prep for and why? Hardest game you had to prep for? Ooh. Man, that's a, that's a hard question. Um, I try and keep my preparation the same every time I play. So it doesn't matter who the opposition is. I, you know, I've got my set of standards and... Um, my values and the way I, I want to play. So I, my preparation needs to be the same each, every week. And it's okay if, if it doesn't, you know, doesn't look exactly the same as it did the week before. I just know I have a process that I need to get to, um, to prepare for myself for Saturday. Um, and yeah, they, I, nothing comes to my mind where I think of, this was a hard team to, to prepare for, to get ready for, because when you're in the All Blacks, it's easy to, to get up yourself mentally um, and whatnot. Um, same with with um with Super Rugby. You sort of know what teams you're playing, especially if you're playing a derby game. You know you're going to get up for that. So it is not one game that sort of sticks out in my mind. Just thinking, oh man, this was a hard one to, to sort of prepare for. I sort of have my routine and how I prepare and, and go through the process and um yeah, make sure that it gets done so I can just perform and and enjoy myself come Saturday because that's why we play. Or that's why I still play the game. So I love it. Um, so as, as long as I can get my process and my preparation right then I can go out there and, and have fun spot on do you have any like pre-match rituals or anything like you need to do this this or whatever yeah that's a weird one um I always uh have to have a bowl of oats or porridge I don't know what you guys call it oh. porridge oats oatmeal what do you guys call it oats depends what company it is there's porridge there's yeah, porridge yeah. there's oatmeal we yeah, have a porridge. Whole. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's, that's something I've, I've always had like it's legit been 20 years of porridge for every single game and if, if I don't get my porridge then I usually don't freak out or I don't you know I'm not into superstitions and stuff like that but I'm just yeah. like gotta find my porridge somehow so if we, if we go away get to a hotel I may ask the um, kitchen if they got porridge if they haven't then I, I'll duck off down to like a, a supermarket and get some of those quick and easy ones and as long as I get a bit of oats then that's fair. Yeah, That's good fair. To go. Just not. I don't do porridge. It's <laughs> a stupid reason why I've never actually tried the stuff. But oh, really? Two, two members of my family have like ate it in front of me, and it's just very off-putting. And the age range was totally different. So like, we had my little boy when we were trying to get him onto like proper food. We got him on porridge, and obviously it's dribbling in the chin. It's all. <laughs> Same with my granddad years ago. Like my granddad would eat porridge like, every morning, and he'd eat it, and he'd like try and rush because we'd uh, like, go out for something to do for the day, and he'd miss, and it. Oh, I was like, oh, no, it's disgusting. It proper put me off the stuff. <laughs> nah, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. Good fuel for the for the diesel engine. For the diesel engine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably. I think it's come from uh, the Siemens actually, like. Uh, that used to be, you know, we always had to have porridge or whatnot on like pretty basic bland food with titch. And then uh, three days before tournament, we weren't allowed to eat any red meat, um, playing sevens. 
But uh, for some reason, Tish says it doesn't, you know, you can't eat it before a game or tournament because it doesn't digest or whatever. But that's like, it's stuck with me all these years. Um, even to the point, I think like maybe last week was like my first time I had like red meat before a game or something like that. <laughs> like, it's just real weird how it's sort of those sort of like little things that Tish has, has done. Um, we hated it back then. It still sort of sticks with us to this day. <laughs> It's weird that it sticks with you for that long, though. Just something that that simple, like you can't eat red meat before before a game. How did you prepare for like like in a seventh tournament? Obviously, you could be on first in the day, and then you're not on till late at night. So, like, what do you do during the day where you're not playing? Yeah, I think it's uh, or what what we do is we switch up completely, and um, we get the music out. Uh, the music comes out pretty quickly. Um, after a game, um, recover, have a bit of fun, joke around, um, have a little bit of a sleep. Some of our Fijian boys and our team would have a sleep. But I think that's that really helped me pay the way during my career where I could sort of have that boots on, switch on mentality. Because mm. uh, you can't, in sevens, you can't be on the whole day because you just do yourself, you do your head and just yeah. trying to stay on and stay focused and stay engaged for the whole days. You have to learn to put your boots on, switch on, when your boots come off, you just completely relax, joke around, laugh, sing, get the music out, boots come back on, boom. You know, you have yeah. to do that three times a day, um, six times during the, the weekend or competition. So um, that sort of gave me a good, oh, you know, that's all, something I'm really good at um, now, you know, where I can just put my boots on, walk across the, the paint painted line and, and be switched on. Um, but you can see it in 15s where some guys can't, you know, they can't go from one to the other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's something that's, that's really important in the sense that um, all teams do it now. Um, you know, New Zealand was the first, well, not the first, but you know, you used to get the ghetto blasters out and you know play music and have a laugh and not other teams sort of see thinking you're, you know, taking the piss or not taking things seriously. But it's just actually switching off and being able to switch off and um, and not worry about it until you have to put those boots back on. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And I, I agree with the fact that you can't, especially for sevens, you can't be game-focused the whole day because you will. You'll go insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you will. <laughs> um, obviously, it's just it has just finished. What was your thoughts on the whole World Cup sevens? I actually uh, just saw, yeah, I didn't actually watch what I've seen the results and I've seen our two teams, the Black Friends and the Sevens men's uh, just lost in the, in the final. Um, so, you know, so Fiji won the, the men's and the Aussies won the women's? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now I'm, I'm a big fan of sevens and, um, you know, there's a lot of older statesmen in, in the New Zealand sevens team, so yeah. I might know they'll be hurting because, you, you know, yeah, you came second in the world, but if you don't win gold, you don't, you know, you don't win that sort of thing in, in rugby, so I might know those guys will be hurting. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a great, great game to, to watch um, as a spectator. Um, I've always it's on my bucket list to uh, one day be able to go to the Hong Kong Tens as a as a sport uh, supporter. I've nice. never actually had the opportunity to be a supporter. I've always been there so three or four times, and always had to be the the entertainment. <laughs> I guess for everybody. Uh, is there is the Melrose Sevens on your on your bucket list? The home of Sevens. Um, no, not it's not on my bucket list. But I did get invited to the, I think might have been the Amsterdam Sevens. Okay, cool. Yeah, just just a you know basic club. Yeah. I think it's club. I got, I got invited from uh, one of my mates to go join their team. Um, but yeah, once once the boots are done and hung up, there'll be no 
no, you know, no um, fun tournaments or anything to do to, to play. I just, uh, you know, walk away in the in the distance. I was just, I was just going to ask, what's what's next for William Messam? Yeah, now after this, this is my last year, my last season playing. Um, yeah, it's been a few years to sort of umming and if I should or shouldn't give up. Um, I've asked a, a lot of questions to my friends that have, have retired recently, um, and they just said, you, you'll know when it's time to, to retire, as long as you don't retire too early. Uh, I've had a few guys regret that they retired too early, but um, I think, you know, it's time to time to, to give it up. And um, I'm just really grateful here in the Waikato that we've got a, a great group of young men coming through, um, and hopefully I've played a part uh, where I've sort of, you know, had a positive impact on their career and um, taking a couple of young youngsters under my wing, um, some young loose forwards coming through. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, happy with the decision and my body's still good um, and I want it to continue to stay good. I don't want to be a, a broken old man, even though I, I still walk around with a little bit of hobble, but um, yeah, I just think it's, it's, a, it's the right time to sort of hang them up and and move on to the sort of next chapter of my life. I feel a bit emotional now. <laughs> I did. I've, I've watched you grow like when I was growing up and everything. So it's, it feels weird now that there's no more William Messam on a rugby pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's always you know it always comes to end. Um, you know, I wish you could play this game forever, but um, we can't. I've I've been fortunate enough to be doing it for twenty years. Um, uh, not a lot of players get the opportunity to be able to do that. So it's uh. You know, it's given me a, a good life and I've taken massive learnings and lessons uh, from playing this game and the sport and what a lot to owe the sport. Um, and just because I'm, you know, stepping off the footy field doesn't mean I'll, I won't have an involvement somewhere. Um, yeah. Where that is, I'm not sure just yet. But uh, yeah, I, I love this game. That's why I keep playing it to this, this, this day. Definitely not playing for money. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, my heart's still there. Um but yeah, there'll be somewhere where I can sort of still chip in and help out. Well, I, I definitely... without smashing my body, that's the key. That's the key word. Not without smashing my body. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, obviously, you've played with some of the best to ever grace the field. What's your dream? Actually, we'll do we'll do both because you played seven as well. What is your dream back row partners? So there's you. And then two others, past and present. You don't have to have played with them. Just people you admired or, or played with, whatever. And then your Dream 7s team, past and present. Oh, my Dream Lose Fortune. I'm, I'm on it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in it, yeah. If you want to okay, be, you I'll, can I'll, I'll, put my, I'll put myself on the bench. Um, <laughs> man, it would have to be Michael Jones and uh, Jerome Kano. Okay. Would be, uh, yeah, just because um, I grew up with Jerome playing a lot of footy with him. Yeah. Uh, we sort of started at the same time. He obviously retired a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, gone for a lot of rugby with uh, Jerome. And obviously, Michael Jones was my um, childhood hero growing up. So uh, the opportunity to, to play with him would have been unreal. Yeah. Um, my sevens team, uh, Jonah Lomu. Of course. Solid start. Uh, Eric Rush. He's an absolute legend. I'm just going all Kiwis here. That's fine. <laughs> but, that's oh, good. Yeah. Um, man. DJ Forbes would have to be in there. Oh, 
So good. He's a, he's a legend. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this guy, uh, Masio Valance. Um, he played when I was played. He was an absolute magician. Um, Fiji had Serevi, but we had uh, Amasio Valance. We called him Muji. I'm better with faces. For the, for yeah, the most I, I think his other, his other name was, Fijians have so many names. His other name was uh, Amasio Raoma, I think. Um, he was he was a magician. Like I would put him up there with uh, Waisali Serevi. Um, that's, that's how, how good he was. Um, that's Christian Cullen. Definitely have to be in there. He was an absolute what, gun. He was absolutely, yeah. Um, oh, can't forget the old mate Kautinana. I was just gonna say, you're gonna mention KT, or <laughs> yeah, KT. KT was, yeah, he was one of my uh leaders. Um, when I was first in the sevens, um, and Josh Tulsova, actually, there you go. There you go. You have Jonah on one side and Josh Tulsova on the other side. Good luck. You're not stopping that. Not, nobody's getting stopped. Nah, and you got a couple of diesel engines, Kubota diesel engines just chucking up the middle. <laughs> no, that's just not... That's that's almost cheating, in a way. Yeah, yeah. The reason I had to mention, like, if you're going to say uh, KT, is because I, I did see the video when you've got the, the signs, like the gym team, and KT was on your... How oh, the body yeah. on it. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought I'd try and see if see if you remembered that bit or not. Yeah, no, I didn't remember. But Katie was was a uh, awesome uh, Simmons player. He had some pace from uh, back when back when he was younger. When he had his uh, his dreadlocks. <laughs> Still got the dreadlocks now, isn't he? Yeah. Now, now I'm more. I think about it. If I like a dream world team, there'd probably actually be a bit more, a couple of more Fijians in there. I think because those guys are absolute freaks of uh, with ball and hand. I, I don't know what it is with Fiji and sevens. It just it works. This off-road galore. They just make it look ridiculously easy. And I'm like, I would never be able to attempt half of that. Oh, 100%. Like, I would love to coach a um, sevens team or even just like the fifteens team or like the, the Drua team that they have. Like, yeah. their ability and their talent is... Um, like, I played with some freakish, freakish, um, talented rugby players in my time. But one that really stands out for me too, actually, is Sidavini Sibivatu. Um, played a lot of rugby from here at the Chiefs and at Waikato, but uh, Josh Torsova, I yeah. played for him in Toulon, and I've never ever seen a player like catch a ball and like someone that doesn't looks like doesn't want to be there to start off with, and you give him yeah. the ball and then he can run Just over run. dudes, run around you, play around with you, you know, put pig in the middle with you. Um, those two players were absolutely freaks of nature. I've never ever seen. But yeah, I couldn't keep any more with that. We've got one more fan question and then we're going to switch up a little bit. Um, Prop or Mug, Proper Mug has asked, what is the better quality in rugby, France or New Zealand? I'm guessing Cobb. Quality. Oh. Yeah, just different styles of rugby. Mm. Um, like I said, New Zealand of late has, has become very structured and there's a lot of systems in place um, when we're playing our rugby. Um, what I do love about the French style and what I did love when I was playing top 40 is that we don't really, have, they didn't really have that structure up in, in France. They just played what they see and I think I think people call it the French flair. Um, yeah. But the only problem with that is that you don't know what you're going to get on which day. Um, so I felt like when I was playing in France, they sort of just, maybe it was miscommunication or I didn't understand French or what it was, but 
seemed like they just you know just played what they what they saw and, and just and just playing. Um, but we, I guess Super Rugby just because the intensity and the, the pace of it. Super Rugby is a very is, is a lot quicker than, than top fourteen. Uh, top yeah. fourteen is is a couple of notches slower. Um, probably the baguettes and the wee croissants will we'll catch out on the boys, but um, yeah. That's, that's probably the, the main difference between the, the two competitions. The, the two great competitions, like I'd love to see a, a Toulouse versus a Crusaders or a, a Blues versus, you know, Clermont or, or Toulon, um, just to see actually where, where, where those those teams at, because it's two different styles of footy. Um, it'll be an awesome sort of spectacle to, to watch. I think what I said, I called it like the the World Club Challenge, kind of like what Rugby League does. Yeah, yeah. So I would have done it. I did this whole video on it as well. Champions Cup winner versus Super Rugby champion. Challenge Cup winner will go against the Super Rugby runner-up. And both losing finalists go against both semi-finalists. There's eight games. Yeah. I remember when um, we won the title in 2012 or 13. Um... Might have been too long actually, or the, the team that won the top 14 that year wanted to play us. Um, yeah. and, and a one off game, I think it actually was too long in Dubai. Um, and for some reason, it just didn't work out. Um, I think they wanted our All Blacks to play, but we were on holiday at the time, yeah. Um, something like that. Um, but then I, I do remember racing Metro playing um, the Highlanders one year. Um, and I think the racing Metro boys just used it as a holiday and just drunk every day and then uh, they still ended up uh, being the Highlanders that, that day but uh, yeah I think it'll be interesting sort of concept that they could get that off the ground I don't know I think even if you do it like in the summer before the rugby championship starts because obviously the all black boys are still fit raring to go the French boys will still be ready we'll just say French for an example the French boys will still be ready to go because their season's just finished so instead of pre-season do a game that matters. I know that's how I might send that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only thing is with that is it's like um, it's real hard. So when teams come down here to New Zealand to play us like the French or the English, whatever, that's the they're at the end of their season. Hmm. So they've had almost a year of footy. So and we're sort of in the half halfway mark of ours. Um, and you're sort of a bit tired, fatigued, whatnot. You've had a long season. You know the end's coming, and then vice versa when we head up there and. November, I think yeah. the, the tour happened. We're sort of at the end of our season, a long season. You know, it gets a bit long and a bit draining, a bit tired and fatigued. And then you're sort of getting the best of the Northern Hemisphere when they're in November because that's sort of halfway in their year. So yeah. would be yeah. good somehow to sort of marry both competitions up like the league, the league do. Um, but who knows, mate? It's way above our paychecks. I know. I don't get bad enough to to make those decisions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, I just want you to quickly talk to me about your Maori heritage and like how important the Maori All Blacks actually is. I know how important it is, but I don't think many people get the gist. Yeah, well, it's, it's massively important, um, not just for New Zealand rugby, but for our own, you know, young Maori rugby players because um, some of these places they don't have All Blacks. Um, they see the Maori All Blacks as the All Blacks and. Just because those guys are, you know, some fire to burn to sort of achieve what they want to achieve, and um, 
it's gone it's bigger from rugby now where we can actually promote our culture on a bigger stage. Um, like the last, I don't know, five, six years, whatever, the model blacks always travelled over to Europe or South America or America. Um, and that's great for our culture that we get to um, promote our culture out um, to the world. I know AIG were massive fans of um, of, of the Māori All Blacks and they're a massive sponsor to, to the Māori All Blacks and getting a lot of those tours up and running and, and getting them to what, what they got to. Um, and then we get to, I talked about the French flair. Um, you know, you also heard about the Māori flair where you could go out there and get to express yourself with the ball, but also without the ball because um, a lot of people sort of throw that terminology around about Māori flair, Māori rugby, where the ball gets a lot of airtime and everyone's sort of just... Um, expressing themselves and having a go but it's also without the balls you know it's a an opportunity to you know to show yourself physically and, and get get stuck in and um you know we come from a line of warriors so you know that sort of battle is in, yeah. in our dna and uh, we get to go out there and yeah express it through a game of rugby which is which is awesome and again like go back to the culture we get to um show the world our culture through the way we play but also through through the haka, through the, the jersey that you have on there and showing, you know, what, what we're all about. I love that. Rugby's the last, well, when you were playing, rugby was like the last thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was it had nothing to do with rugby when I was uh, first in the Māori All Blacks. Um, it was all about who we are as people, um, learning the culture, because uh, half of the team um, probably never been on Marae or learned where they come from. So it's all about connecting um, the players back to where they come from and, and to the land. And um, I think the unique thing about the Māori All Blacks is that we're all connected through blood anyway. So it's yeah. just really easy to, to, to gel us, to, to, to bring us together as a team because we're all connected. But um, the beauty of it is that you get to see people um, take this whole journey about learning about themselves, about where they come from, um, learning waiata, haka, um, learning tikanga, like learning everything it is to be a Māori, learning Māori food. Um, and it's just, it's real awesome to see. And then, like, you see guys that are real shy, um, might not even call themselves, I don't know, a Māori or whatever. When you come, they come out of the campaign, they're fully into it and, you know, they can't wait for the next one. And what I loved about it was that you come off a, a real intense super rugby campaign mm. and you go into a Māori campaign and you just, like, you could just go, go in there, be you, um, and just yeah, just have fun with it, and and, and I think that's why New Zealand Māori team had been so successful um, over the years is because because of that. Um, rugby was the last thing we we're playing for something a lot bigger um, than than a game of rugby. Um, and I believe anyway, if you have that in any culture, any team, um, you gotta you know you're gonna go a long long way. Yeah, oh, I love the way you've put that. And I generally can't add any more to that. I tried. <laughs> We're going to try, we're going to switch up now. We're going to go to get to know William Messam. So it's more just about you as a person, nothing really rugby related at all or boxing related. <laughs> so, what is your favorite post match drink? My favorite post match drink is Carver. Uh, um, I'm a big fan of Carver. Um, taste yuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like the way it just, you know, relaxes my, my body and pretty sore after a game. Um, but it's just a great way for me just to sit down with, with my mates and, and just, yeah, unwind on, on around a bowl of cover. Fair enough. What's your social drink then when you're out with the boys? Oh, 
no, I'm not. I'm not much of a, a big, big drinker. Um, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll be, yeah, probably cover. That's why I'm a big cover drinker. <laughs> yeah. Favorite film. Favorite film. Oh, I am a big, 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 big fan of Friday. Oh, the, Friday. The ice, the ice cube thing. Yeah, pretty much know all the one-liners. Um, Go on then. You've set yourself up. Can't do it. Fair enough. Um, favorite song or favorite like music genre? Favorite genre would probably have to be New Zealand reggae. Okay. Uh, New Zealand reggae is different different to, to reggae. Um, we've got our own little flavor and and style down here in New Zealand. Pretty catchy. Um, favorite songs, yeah. No, I've got too many. I've got way too many favorite songs. I, I do like a good old karaoke now and then. Oh, what's your what's your karaoke song then? Oh no, there's, there's, again, there's like time these times. So like, what's what's the one that Frank came? Frank Sinatra is probably my my go to. Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra. Right. my way. That's right. probably my my oh, go to. Classic. <laughs> Are you a night in or night out person? Oh, man. Depends, eh? Like, right now, it's a cold, wet day here in Hamilton, night in Hamilton. So, night in. Definitely around the, around the heat of the fire watching a bit of Netflix or Disney Plus with my partner, Monique. So, yeah. What, what's your favourite thing on Netflix, then? Um, actually, we're at the moment watching Disney Plus and watching uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, um, yes. So yeah, good. I've just got myself a got myself a Harley Davidson, so I've sort of got glued. Proper, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I've gone full Santa Anarchy. Probably going to get my pitch. Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we've been we've been watching it quite quite a bit lately. So, so good. It's one of my favourite shows. It's just oh, it draws you in, even though you've already seen it. Yeah, There's always that. It's the first time I've seen it, so we're up to season. I think we're up so we a uh, couple of seasons to go you're, you're not ready <laughs> you're not <laughs> what is your dream vacation my dream vacation ooh as in place or just whatever like you, if we go right money's no obligation you can go anywhere any place any style you pick it Man, I'd actually like to do a bit of uh, gone into hiking um, over the last couple of years. Nice, um, my partner Monique. So, um, she's she's a big hiker and she's got me into it. So, I'd love to really see New Zealand a bit more, um, but also maybe like Colorado or somewhere like that. Nice, somewhere where we, you know, bit of bit of hiking, bit of. Yeah. Just just get away from the world and get in there and but then come back out and then just yeah enjoy it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. I like that. Cats or dogs? Uh well, a few stray cats here that I don't like, so probably dogs. I'm still waiting for a person that proper out and out says cats. It's <laughs> <laughs> never happened, but it's one of them ones you just get like a nice little ball roll and thing. Oh my! One of my good mates is a big cat fan, and I could get him on here, and he'll tell you how much he loves his cat. 
It's on his Instagram page every bloody day, so. Who is it? Oh, it's my mate Matt. He's not a, he's not a regular guy. He's just that. Uh, oh, right, okay. Just, he loves just, his cats. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Man, I'm a pretty crazy guy. Not not a lot pisses me off. Um, probably maybe just mess. Like if you make a mess, like just clean it up, you know, like it's not that yeah. hard. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's like especially that's um at, at Waikato the boys, we get given like a little snack thing and there'll be like muesli bars or something. Yeah. Someone will like get the last muesli bar, but leave mm. the box on the table um and the rubbish bin's right there, and I'm just like it's like when you finish the milk, but put the carton back in the fridge. Oh it's <laughs> <laughs> like come on, eh? That's that's just common sense, so that's I saw the common sense. The more you the more you think about it, I'm like, why not just do that? Yeah, hundred percent. Um the best advice you were ever given. Best advice I was ever given. Um <laughs> man. What is the best advice I've ever given? I've had a, I've had a few people give me advice on life, um, and on footy. Um, one that sticks out, uh, Eric Rush said to me pretty young um, that it's only one man's opinion. Um, so I missed out on one uh, of New Zealand under 19s. I was playing sevens at the time, and he pulled me aside. I was pretty gutted, and he just yeah, just said it was one man's opinion. Um, so that that one that sort of sticks out to me. Um, but also, um, we're hard work and taking. Oh, yeah. So, no, yeah. you have to earn what you get given. So, you've, de- you've definitely earned what you've been given. So, don't worry about that. Um, favorite cuisine, like food cuisine, style of food? Oh, I reckon Asian. Go down, Asian what's, your, what's your go to? What's your go to meal? My go to meal. I do like a good curry, like a green curry, Thai curry. Um, That's spicy. A ramen, a ramen is good if you can find a good ramen. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm missing out on so much nice food. Just, <laughs> I don't know. Too much into your haggis, mate. Haggis is not bad. I don't like a lot of it. There's just a lot. Like, <laughs> some dishes slither over it and it's quite nice, but then if you put too much, it's like it's too overpowering. But I, I do recommend it. It's, it's quite nice. Don't don't let the stories and the origins scare you off. Yeah, yeah. Then like the stories and origins of where it comes from. <laughs> um, I've lost my place now. <laughs> Favorite pizza topping. Favorite pizza topping. Ooh, just the humble cheese. Fair. Yeah. Can't go wrong with the classic. Nah. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No, no, no. Yeah. The only time a pineapple, any time pineapple should be warm is uh, off a barbecue. No. When you have it on a barbecue. <laughs> no, this takes a weird turn. I've noticed this every time I'm doing Southern Hemisphere interviews. Most will be like, yeah, yeah, pineapple on pizza, but then they'll be like. Pineapple on hamburgers on. I'm like, what? No. You're <laughs> <laughs> not on a pizza, but or on a on a, on a, on a, or on a, a burger, but 
straight off a barbecue with the, like how they do it on the uh, what are they, Brazilian barbecues. Fair. I'm going to have to try it because I know guess we've had this tell me to just stick it on and slap it and have a, have a go then. Might have to give it a go eventually. <laughs> One thing that you have to do but you hate doing it. Uh, washing. Yeah. Uh, it's honestly, I... Man, if I was rich, I would have just someone to come to my house to do my washing. Oh, Wash it, fold it for me. I just, man. I even want. I don't know what it is. I just hate it. I just hate washing. That's, yeah. I mean, food shopping for me. I hate going to a supermarket. I don't know what it is, but there's times like I'll drive my fiance there, and she's like, "Are you coming on?" I'm like, nope. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll sit and wait. I'll I'll help you put the shopping in the car, but don't let me go in. It's, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like people standing in the aisles chatting and like blocking everyone else or just people trying to push in queue. I don't know what it is. It's just, I, no, don't make me go food shopping. I'll go re- actual like shopping. I don't mind shopping properly, like clothes shopping. Yeah, yeah. And all, but no, don't let me go to a supermarket. I hate it. <laughs> Waikato or Toulon? Oh, wait, sorry? Waikato or Toulon? Oh. Well, as a... Like, it would put something around that, bro. Some... Anything. Best night out, best food, best experience. Oh, best... well, like, Hamilton, Hamilton and Waikato gets a, a bad rap, but that's my home now. I've been here for 20 years, so... Um, I'll always be here. Um, the south of France is a hard place to beat, though. That's, that's... So I want to sit on the fence here. Uh, no, nah, that's fine. I, I always because I've obviously played for more than one team, so it's it's just like one of those ones to catch people off guard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, as, so, as a team, as you say rugby, definitely work at all. But you're talking about lifestyle, place to live. Totally. You know, I'd sit on the fence. So if you could get Chiefs rugby in this in the place of Toulon, in yeah, the yeah, south of France and in, in the Mediterranean, now we're talking. Perfect. Jerome Kaino or Richie McCall. Same thing, I'll put some content around this, but <laughs> what are we doing? Are we, <laughs> are we playing rugby like here? Or are we... off guard with it, <laughs> you're, you're, you're too nice, so <laughs> we're not getting <laughs> um, Final question One thing you want to be remembered for? One thing. Um, well. Just, uh, I was a good person. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably it. Just, uh, you are definitely a good person. I could vouch for that now. A good person. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And Lucas Shot, you've absolutely crushed it, Liam. You've absolutely. Thanks, brother. Just thank you so much for agreeing to come on. It's been an absolute blast, and it has been an absolute dream as well. Because, like I said, you were one that I looked up to. And I had, I had like a weirdness, obviously like Richie and Dan and all that you look up to, but then like yourself, Richard Cahoo and all that, like, I'm like, no, you're like, you're up there with them for me as well. <laughs> so I get to actually do this. It's, I'm trying not to like freak out. 
But no, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. No, my uh, pleasure, bro. You're stuck with me now. Every guest becomes a friend for life. So yeah, you're, you're stuck with me now. Awesome. Well, next time I'm up there, we'll come, I don't know, if you eat over haggis or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say we'll go for a drink, but you're not a big drinker, so it might have to be go for the haggis or, go for or, a haggis. or something. You could even take, maybe bring over some hangy. I don't know what it is, but I'll have to try it. Yeah, let's do it. Do it, um, do it at your backyard. It's easy. Is it just a barbecue? Under the ground. But yeah, you could easily do it at I'm home. Because we've got grass. And we just set fire to everything. No, you put it under the grass. Under the under dirt. Wait, what? Google YouTube and I guarantee you better do it in, in your home. Okay. Or somewhere around I'll, you. I'll definitely We're going to leave, leave it on that. I'm going to Google how to hang in Scotland. Yeah. And and I'll message you about it. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You just get those uh, little railway sleepers, probably the best thing, the iron ones, the little ones. You just heat those up and then cook with those. You're away, mate. Sorted. Sorted. Holland's first hungy. You'll get invited to that, just to make sure I've done it properly. <laughs> I need to prove, I need, I need proper Maori approval for that. Yeah, no, there's, there's going to be a few up there. <laughs> Love it. We'll, we'll end it on that. We'll end it on that. This has been the final whistle with Liam Messon, and we will see you next time.